Good morning. Welcome to Screen Cleaning, or today maybe I should say Scream Cleaning. All month long, really. I think Mickey's rolling her eyes because I'm pretty sure I used that same joke last week on the show. (laughs) But yes, we've got Mickey Randall here, our wonderful student producer. We've got Cole Wissinger. Yes, sir. And I'm here as well, Jeff Simpson. And we have an amazing show for you here today. Each and every week on Screen Cleaning, we try to give you the very best in entertainment. And in the entire month of October, we're trying to give you the very best in scary movies. Isn't that right, Cole? Scary entertainment. Horror, thriller, suspense. Cole. The whole gamut. Cole lives for October for scary movies. I do. And I. You caught me. The past couple years, I've been living for October because of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Well. Who could very well tonight clinch their second consecutive National League championship title. And join the Red Sox, who already clinched. And if they do join the Red Sox, they will be destroyed. Have hope. Have hope. October is a hopeful time. Thank you, Cole. So, Cole, but I'll be you, rooting for the Red Sox. You came, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> uh, you came across something today that was kind of interesting, uh, having to do with the day that you were born. Absolutely. So we like to start off in news, and today I've got news from the Twitter world. Uh, it's going around the internet. There was a tweet that asked the question, what was the m- number one movie in the box office the day you were born? And... Then asked what the tagline – I guess I could just read the tweet, right? Forget astrology. (laughs) The tagline of the number one movie at the box office the day you were born, that is what determines your fate from now on. Hmm. I looked mine up. Yeah, what would you get? We can't really talk about the film. It was the 80s. Yeah, (laughs) one of those raunchy 80 movies. And then the tagline didn't even make sense. I mean, I read it to you, and you seemed yeah. a bit confused, too. I mean, mine was also kind of boring. I was born when Hook was the number one movie. So at least I get oh. Robin Williams. Uh, but the tagline was just, what would happen if Peter Pan grew up? So your your whole <laughs> life is one big hypothetical, basically. Yeah. <laughs> About a fictional character. Okay. But Mickey got a good one. She got I a good one. I did get a good one. So December 8th, 1995, number one movie was Toy Story. Man, I'm old. <laughs> Maybe wow. I'm just young. Yeah. Here's, here is the tagline. Hang on for the comedy that goes to infinity and beyond. That's a great tagline. Isn't it? Not just so because cute. they used, you know, one of the most famous lines from the movie, but it's like, hang on, brace yourselves. This is going to be a great fun ride. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's been true of your life so far? I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Well, I am going to just answer in the affirmative for you because later on in the show, you are going to prove that that is the case because we sent you out on a few assignments to visit some different attractions that people can uh, go take a look at this Halloween. This is really producer Mickey's show. (laughs) It really is. You are the star of this show. She's blushing, folks. Um, Cole? Yeah, I got some more news for you. I have often bemoaned the success of Netflix because in the year 2018, I have found a grand total of zero new things that I've wanted to watch of their thousand originals that they've purported to put out. Um, But... I am the only one complaining because Netflix recently reported an increase of 7 million subscribers. Wow. That's a lot. That went along with a stock increase of 12%. Even though there was no Stranger Things this year, they've had just no 
influx and, of mm-hmm. new stuff. Their original much, content is going downhill quality-wise. Their quantity is going downhill of old stuff. They're going to lose Disney. There's gonna lose, they're going to lose Disney soon, but people are still subscribing and they're still making money. I can't believe it, Cole. Well, I can. You can? <laughs> I'm yeah. the only one that complains about Netflix. It's one of those things that is just gathering dust in our house. We use it occasionally, but it's just nice to know that it's there. You know, yeah. and if somebody else wants it, you say, "No, I'm using it." Uh-huh. Anyway, that might say a little bit more about me than I'm willing to share this morning. Uh, I do. Speaking of sharing, yeah, another confession, right? I have a huge confession. So, just last week on the show, I gave a review for Goosebumps Two: Haunted Halloween and the House with the Clock in Its Walls. And while I thought the House with the Clock in Its Walls was far scarier for kids than Goosebumps 2, I made the genius uh, decision to go against my own advice and take my six-year-old daughter to see it. Oh. Yeah. Um, and we lasted about 30 minutes before she said, I want to go. I'm scared. Oh. It's pretty scary. <sighs> yeah. It's surprisingly scary. Um, oh, I know. I know. Forgive me. Don't judge me. Okay. What I it really would have been good had we taken the clip from last week where I said, "In a couple of years, I'm really looking forward to seeing these films." More with like my a daughters. couple of days. Yeah, and it was more like a couple of days. You're right, Cole. Well, speaking of scary movies, Cole, this yes. is a huge month, and next week is going to be a huge week for us. And I want you to explain why we've been talking about it all month, and it finally comes to a head next week when we have our scary movie bracket. Back in March, we did a sports movies bracket here on Screen Cleaning where we took movies and paired them up against each other and said which one we liked better, and we determined a winner. And it was Field of Dreams, if I recall correctly, that we said was the best sports movie of all time. That is incorrect. It was Rocky. Yeah, I got my way. How about that? Yeah. I wanted Rocky. I won. Um, (laughs) We'll see if I get my way this time around. I kind of doubt it. But we have picked our 16 sort of favorite, sort of family-friendly horror-ish movies to go up against each other and to see which one wins. And the reason we're taking time to explain this is because you, the listener, are going to have an opportunity to win a major award, as is said in A Christmas Story, or a grand prize of a free Audible audiobook or a code for a free audio there you go audible audiobook. All you have to do is go to Twitter and follow BYU Screen Clean. And see our our one and only tweet right now. There will be more tweets as it comes. (laughs) We're still a fresh show. But the only tweet there to find is talking about our bracket. It gives you a link to go and fill it out for yourself, say which ones you think are better, and then take a screenshot of that. That's important. you got to take that screenshot. got to take a screenshot. Don't just share it. Take the screenshot and either tweet back at us or uh, send it to an email that I've also listed there in the tweet. It's... BYU screen cleaning. Fantastic. Well, let's share the films, the 16 films that are on this bracket. There are four different categories. I'll mention the first one as the children's bracket. So Hocus Pocus has got to be on there, and it is, but it's going up against The Witches, which is a favorite from my childhood coming out of the Jim Henson Company. You've got to see it. It's got Angelica Houston in it. I think you can tell which one I like better already. <laughs> Boo. There's It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, uh, is going up against Coraline, another favorite of mine, which Cole has yet to see, I might add. 
I will before next Friday. It's sinful. We, we should play the boo button on you for that. Okay, you get to complain about my picks, and I will complain about yours as well. But that'll be part of the fun. This next is week. why people listen <laughs> to hear us complain about each other. The next sub bracket that we have is the comedy horror portion, and that includes Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call, Cole? I'm going to call Clue, which is going up against <gasps> it. Oh, in that two first great round. movies. A haunted house of uh, a sort of mystery house of its own. Yes. Then in the other matchup, you have Beetlejuice against the Mel Brooks classic Young Frankenstein. Ooh, another two good picks. That's going to be tough. All funny movies. And then we've got the suspense category. Now, these are going to have some older titles in them, but all good ones nonetheless. Rear Window, probably my favorite, no, second favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie. Uh, is going up against The Sixth Sense, which I would have enjoyed so much more had Randy Smedley not ruined the ending for me. Smedley. Uh, We've got Wait Until Dark, which is going up against Dial M for Murder, two movies that are based on plays. Last week's star Alfred Hitchcock, well represented in the Master of Suspense category. And then finally, we have our monster movies, which will include Jaws, Versus the new arrival to the horror scene, A Quiet Place. What did you say? I couldn't hear you. A Quiet Place. Oh, okay. Thanks. And then in the other matchup, you have Poltergeist and one of my personal favorites, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. A match made in heaven, really? Yes. They're two very similar (laughs) (laughs) They both include monsters. This is going to be great. And just so you know, Cole and I are not involved in the voting of this as far as what films move on to the next bracket. We've asked third-party panelists to take on that responsibility. Mickey Randall will be overseeing the reveals of these picks. So Cole and I are going to be completely in the dark, and we will probably not be happy with some of the decisions that are made. We're also excluding ourselves from winning the prizes because we're the hosts, even if we do end up winning. So one <laughs> film that will not be on this bracket, unfortunately, could, I guess, fall under the children's category. But it might be a little too spooky for some kids. We wanted to tell you a little bit more about this movie anyway. One of the great biblical commandments is love thy neighbor. Well, if you live next door to the antagonist of my next two picks... You might find that commandment difficult to keep. The 2006 computer animated film Monster House is part Rear Window and part The Goonies, which is fitting since Steven Spielberg, a producer of that 80s classic, produces this film. The movie starts off on the eve of All Hallows' Eve, with 12 year old DJ Walter spying on his cantankerous neighbor, Mr. Nebercracker. With a name like Nebercracker, who wouldn't be cantankerous? who for years has confiscated any toy that lands on his lawn. DJ spying includes tracking the movements of Nebercracker's spooky and mysterious house, which seems to come alive only when no adults are looking. Officer, we have reason to believe that there's a dangerous creature inside that house. And it grabs things and pulls them in and eats them. (laughs) We'll see you later. Now, we've all had a Nebercracker as a neighbor. My Nebercracker once used trigonomics to convince my dad that the dent in his car had to have been caused by a baseball coming from our house. Right. 
However, we may not all have had a monster house in our neighborhood. So what do you do when you're convinced the house across the street is a living, breathing, attacking entity? Well, in young DJ's case, you skip the trick-or-treating and enlist the help of two friends. One is the Brains, a sober, sassy Girl Scout. The other is the Bozo, cape-wearing Chowderhead, aptly nicknamed Chowder. Here's an interchange between the two after they've successfully put the house to sleep using cold medicine. Those are the teeth, and that's the tongue. Then that must be the uvula. Oh, so it's a girl house. What? You know, this movie will always hold a special place in my heart. My wife and I watched this on our second date while we ate cookie monsters. It's actually our anniversary today, so if you'll excuse me for a moment. way to your girl's heart is to show her this Halloween movie I taped off cable TV. Okay. Well, as cute as this all sounds, this is one kid's movie that is really not a kid's movie. The monster house can be quite frightening at times. Breathing fire from its chimney, snatching up its victims with adjacent trees and bearing its sharp wood shingle fangs. This bozo made the genius parenting decision to show this movie to his two-year-old and four-year-old. Oh, well, it's not like that'll scar them for life, right? No, serious, will it? are changing and the air is getting chilly. And that can only mean one thing. It's almost time for Halloween and things are about to get a little scary. If you're into that kind of thing, there are plenty of places you can go to feel that spine-tingling fear. That's right, haunted houses are opening all over the country just waiting to scare you silly. And one such haunted house is the Castle of Chaos. USA Today ranked the castle as one of the scariest in the USA. They've been ranked Utah's scariest haunted house by HauntWorld.com and have been highlighted by the Travel Channel. With each visit, they guarantee bone-chilling horror and hair-raising fear, which isn't hard to believe because you can actually choose your level of fear when you enter. But beware, even the beginning level isn't for the faint of heart. In the studio with us today is James Bernard, the owner of Castle of Chaos. James, welcome to Screen Cleaning. Hi, thanks for having me. So, first of all, I just want to ask you a general question before we talk about the Castle of Chaos itself. Why is it that you think people like to be scared? Uh, I think it's adrenaline. Everyone likes that little kick of adrenaline you get. And haunted houses and scaring are a great way to get that. Uh, for cheap. It's a lot cheaper uh, to go to a haunted house than it is to, you know, pay a couple hundred bucks to jump out of a plane. Uh, but you might be just as scared walking through Castle Chaos. Ooh. And that's saying something because I know that I, I don't know that I could personally ever jump out of an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people can't do a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> haunted houses aren't for everyone either. Some yeah. do jump out of airplanes. So. So how did you come up with the idea for Castle of Chaos? You know, it started in business school. I had to write a uh, business plan, a 30-page business plan, and I, I'm an efficiency guy. If I'm going to do something, I, you know, I want to get the most out of it. So uh, I planned on starting a business, and this was the plan I wrote up many years ago. And 
I started my, my university career at BYU um, and uh, moved on to the U, so I love them both. But uh, sitting there my senior year uh, up at the U, I, I wrote the business plan for Castle of Chaos, and, uh, and I loved it. I fell in love with the idea of it, and so I started it. What would you say is the scariest part of the attraction? Uh, I would say just in general, it's our actors. Our actors are, are very well-trained, and many of them are, are very seasoned. You know, we've been around for 18 years, and we have actors who have been around for 18 years. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a bit different than most of the haunts because uh, our average age actor is not, you know, 15, 16. They're 25, 27. Yeah. Um, and that makes it a lot scarier. And so, sure, we have a lot of scary sets, and we make you crawl, and there's claustrophobic stuff, and we have the five levels, so it can definitely get a lot more intense. But I really think it's the actors that make it. Hmm. What else goes into designing the Castle of Chaos and and the different rooms and scares that that people can expect? You know, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, it is a business, and we take it. We take the the science of scaring very seriously. So uh, we ask our customers, "What do you want?" Uh, we do interviews in the line. We do interviews and in concessions. What did they like? What was their favorite room? What was the scariest? Um, and so we'll tweak the haunt year after year after year. And even during the season, if in September there's a room that just isn't working, um, we change one of our rooms, like from a paranormal to a, a vampire room, where if you choose level four, we can actually shut you in a coffin, you know, things like that, hmm. um, that we adjust on the fly. So um, we do tests. We, do, we open up for like Friday the 13th throughout the year, and part of the reason for that is to try new rooms. Um, so that we get you know thousands of people trying it in the off season, so that when we have tens of thousands during the season, we've tried we've really nailed it down to, to what is effective. So, other than the customer feedback that you get, where else do you get your inspiration? Is it scary movies? Is it your nightmares? Uh, yes, everything. <laughs> um, and, and it's not it's not just my brain. And if I, in fact, I'd say you know less than half the ideas come from me. Uh, we have a team of people um, who design sets, and everyone's always looking at, you know, what, what are the recent movies? Uh, we added a Pennywise set. Uh, we added and expanded on it this year. We added it last year, expanded this year. We added a, um, a large Stranger Things set. So what's popular out there, what people want to see, is what we want to provide. So other than the actors... Uh, what is it that makes Castle of Chaos different from other attractions that are out there? We have the, we have the levels of fear, and, and that is the biggest thing that separates us from, from other haunts. Uh, but specifically for the actors, it's our training. We, we, train, <clears throat> we train starting in the summer, early summer, and we do classes throughout the summer and into the fall. And we, we literally train timing, you know, I've been through a lot of haunted houses. I, I couldn't even tell you how many haunts I've been to throughout the <laughs> nation. Um, and you're not going to scare me, but you can startle me. And so we start with that. We start with, I want every actor to either attempt to startle you or to distract you so that another actor can startle you while you're distracted. And, and it starts there. So we do a scare act scare. Uh, that's, that will, that's what we push for every actor. They scare you. They get that, that startle scare, and they act for you. Uh, and we try to hire actors, not just scarers. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then when they're done with you, or you think you're done with them, 
they scare you again. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I, a lot of training goes into it. So explain, break down those different levels of fear. What what does each, I don't know if it's a, a different package, or explain what each of those entails. Sure. So there are, we've done four levels in the past, and we've played around with a level five, and this year we're doing it officially. Um, so the five levels of fear uh, are really a way for you to customize your haunted experience. So not everyone wants to jump out of a plane, right? So instead of jumping out of a plane, which might be level four or five, uh, you might want to go and just look at the sets, or you're getting peer pressure from your friends, but you're, you're kind of scared. You're, you don't really like to have actors in your face. Uh, so you can choose level one, and that is called Monster Be Gone. And like Harry Potter, you get a little glowing wand, and it allows the customers to be protected from, from the monsters. You hold that little wand up, and all of the actors, all the monsters in the show, they realize, hey, you're here to have fun, but you really don't, the, the customer doesn't want the, them in their face. So they, they back away almost as if they're getting hurt or they're scared of you instead. So they'll scare from a distance. Uh, that's level one. Level two is a normal walkthrough. You go through the haunt and the actors still scare you, still get up nice and, nice and uh, personal space uh, in your personal space, um, but they don't touch you. Level three, if you choose that, then you get a glow bracelet, and that lets the actors know that, hey, you're okay with the uh, actors touching you. So they literally can reach out, grab your arms, grab your legs, mess with your hair, whatever. Um, and it really adds, it's my favorite level, it really adds a lot to the, the fear factor of going through a, a dark and scary place, and you don't know where people are coming from when you're getting grabbed out of nowhere. So... Uh, needless to say, we do a lot of training with that. Level four goes beyond that. So besides just touching you, now they can move you. So hmm. they can put things on, like they can literally put like a pillowcase over your head and drag you away from your group. Uh, we have some side rooms that you can be taken into. Um, it's usually briefly 30 seconds, a minute that you're gone from your group. We try to get you back to your group if we can, but sometimes you do get separated. Um, but it adds getting kidnapped, um, being a little more physical. We have mattresses and stuff throughout the show that we can, you know, push you up against a wall. But, of course, there's a mattress on the wall. Um, but it's more intimidating, for sure, when, when that can happen and if you do get separated even briefly from your group. So that's level four. And then level five is, is totally new this year. Like I said, it's a, the level five experience. And that is going to uh, pretty much double your time in the haunt. And some of those extra rooms that I talked about that level four people might get to, these you are now guaranteed to go to these rooms. Um, and we don't say too much about level five because we, we want what happens in level five to be a, an unknown experience for you. Um, it is extreme haunting, something that Utah has not seen before. Uh, it is done in New York and California, specifically North Carolina now. Um, there are some extreme haunts, and it's kind of a tease of those. Um, but that is definitely not for the faint of heart. It's for 18 and over only, um, and we only uh, are doing a total of 288 of those tickets uh, the entire season. Definitely for the horror fans. Yeah. People who like the, the so, most intensity you can get in Utah. You talked about the actors and, and the training that goes into that. What about the makeup? Because I would assume that some of these actors that you've hired – have you know they're they're gorified or that you know they 
they look pale. Who does the makeup, and, and what's that process like? So our makeup director, his name is Dale Flink, and he's done makeup, special effects. He does his own molds. He does lots of things, um, and he's done it for, I think, his first year with us, I think it was 2009. Um, so he's done this for a very long time. Uh, but it's not just him. We have typically 10 or 11 very skilled makeup artists. Uh, some of them are just sponging on makeup. Some are applying prosthetics. Uh, we do 3D makeup. We do airbrush. Uh, we buy silicone uh, masks, latex masks. Um, so there's a local uh, special effects artist, Chris Hansen, who makes uh, some of our prosthetics, and he's done molds and custom masks and stuff for us as well. So it's really a team of people um, that our, you know, 50-ish actors a night uh, will go, every single one of them goes through that process. And if you're in a dark room, you probably aren't going to get too much or we'll put a mask on you so that it's more prominent, easier to see uh, for the customers. But if you're in a lighter room, those makeups can, can take over an hour just for one person. Wow. So there is a lot that goes into it. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that, you know, we might be able to startle you, but it's it's difficult to scare you. I'm curious to know, what scares James Bernard? <laughs> um, when my little ones, my, my children, run away in the grocery store. Uh, something like that. That is about it. That's every parent's <laughs> nightmare right there. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, that really is. is your, your children. You know, other than my children, when they, you know run out the door in, in a parking lot. Um, it, it's tough to, to unnerve me at all. I've just experienced so much over the years, and, and I love it. I, I enjoy it, um, but it, it is tough to, to actually scare me. Yeah. Although, I, I'll point out the startle. I do love the startle scares, always have. And I've challenged my actors, and one of them got me, which is about five foot one. Um, but uh, <laughs> if they make me move more than an inch... Um, I give them $20. Oh, wow. So that's, their, that's their incentive to try to startle me. And I was like, you know, you can get me in the grocery store. You can get me in the hot. You can get me during hours, off hours. I don't care. Um, but, but practice your craft, you know, and, and they do. They, that they is love awesome. It. That is so cool. What would you say are some of your favorite scary movies of all time? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out. Alfred Hitchcock in general, because I love the psychological mm, factor of yeah. scaring. Um, I'm about intensity. So I want that suspension of disbelief from the time you get in our, we have a new courtyard outside of our haunted house this year, um, Nightmare on 13th, out of a, a, a really awesome outside experience. And Fear Factory, you know, is mostly outdoors. And uh, we were a little jealous. We wanted to do something outdoors, too, so we, we added a courtyard this year. But from the time you hit that courtyard to the time you exit our haunted house, I want you in the mood. I want you feeling that, that you know, there really could be something that goes wrong. Um, and so I've always loved the, the way that Alfred Hitchcock uh, did his movies. Uh, but the scariest movie for me growing up was definitely Halloween. The original mm. Halloween uh, just terrified me as a child. <laughs> What is going on inside the Castle of Chaos when it's not during October? Uh, we do a lot of things. Uh, our main thing is our escape rooms. So we have, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them, but we have yeah. five escape rooms. Uh, so we have five different ones for that that range from silly, uh, where we make you you know dance a jig in the pirate room to, to get clues, to uh, our 
zombie escape, which is full of special effects and lights and fog and um, and other fun stuff. Um, and then three other rooms that are that are all fantastic as well. And I found it it fits great because we use these same rooms in our haunted house, so the, the sets are very elaborate. Um, I know that uh, there that Salt Lake uh, and Ogden Provo area. They, there are a lot of escape rooms now. When we started, there were only a few, uh, but uh, some of them just use you know office cubicles. Yeah, and, and put up posters to get you in the mood. Uh, there is no problem at all getting in the mood when you're in one of our escape rooms because it is an entire room dedicated to whatever that theme is. Um, so that's our main thing, our escape rooms. But we uh, we have people who come here and use the sets for movies. Um, we also do uh, airsoft. Um, we do. Oh, cool. Uh, space rental for, for businesses and other things as well. All right. You can always tell when somebody needs a good laugh or they need a good cry. Do you feel like there are certain people that they just need a good scare every once in a while? Pretty much everyone. I, know I would <laughs> encourage a, a good scare. I, I, and it is because the laughter that comes with it. And just know that even if inside you're not laughing, all the people who see you get scared, they're laughing at you. I mean, with you. So it is. It really is an entertainment business. We're here to make you have fun, you know, and um, there were years where we pushed it a little too far, and we've learned from that, and now if someone, you know, gets to that point where they're truly terrified, we back off. You know, we we don't want you, we want you to have a great time. We don't want you to get too scared either. Right. Um, So the actors are trained very well to break character, make you laugh um, instead of, you know, being on the ground in the fetal position and you can't move um, in fear. Yeah. So, James, just in closing, why should people visit the Castle of Chaos this year? Uh, a few reasons. Um, this is our best year, uh, hands down, our best year in a long time. Uh, we've moved. Uh, this is our sixth location, and uh, we've really put everything together this year. Our, our customer comments, if you look at our reviews, are fantastic, uh, almost all five-star. Uh, it really came together. By far, best cast. The sets are much better. Um, it's a very solid year. So that is a, that is a great reason to go. Uh, but our customizable five levels of fear, I really think, sets us apart uh, because you can all go through the haunt together no matter what level you choose, um, but you don't have to get scared as much as the person next to you if, if you have someone who doesn't really want to get touched. Um, and you don't really want someone in your face, you can choose those levels. Um, And it's just a a more fun experience because of that. We've been speaking with James Bernard, owner of one of America's scariest haunted houses, the Castle of Chaos. When we return, we're going to get a little taste of what it's like inside the Castle of Chaos. We've sent our very own Mickey Randall to Salt Lake City to get scared for the sake of our enjoyment here on Screen Cleaning. It is October, and that means most people are ready to get just a little scared and visit some haunted houses. But don't worry if you're not about walking through a maze of dark rooms with a bunch of strangers waiting to scare you. I did, so you don't have to. Yes, I visited the famous Castle of Chaos, which has been rated one of the scariest Halloween attractions by USA Today, uh, and can be found in Salt Lake City, Utah. 
Now, I chose to take my family to Castle of Chaos, which may seem unusual to you, but we actually do it a lot. Uh, it's sort of a tradition in our family. In this recording, you'll hear my brother Gray, he's 14, my sister Callie, she's 20, and my dad. I mean, what was I supposed to do? How do go you alone? Okay, so we get there and we have to sign a waiver for safety reasons, of course. Then we get tickets. And then we find out what makes the castle so chaotic. First of all, you get a few scares before you even go in that go like this. Ooh, knee pad. He is coming for us. Teddy bear head. Ooh, I love you. Oh, yeah. He gave us a tootsie oh, roll, and it was, it was in his mouth. He put that, he pulled that from his mouth. Can I eat it? A scary guy gave us a tootsie roll, and it's wet. Secondly, Castle of Chaos specializes in five levels of fear. Level one being the actors will leave you alone all the way up to level five, where they'll full-on take you away. Or, as this clown guy explained it to us... Like, like waterboarding means I take a cloth, put it over your face, and then I drop water on you. But you're not actually drowning, but it makes your mind think that you are. Now, I'm not about to be dragged away from my group and waterboarded, or whatever, so it took some convincing for them to even get me to do level three, which just included some light touching. I do not want to do touch. We'll take the L because you're going to suck it up and do it. Ask if we can also go together and just do not get touched. Yeah, that's what she said. She just said like, that. Like, I don't want to be taken away. Yeah, level like, three is just them going really? like that. You don't, Are you sure? Mickey, you want me to show you the levels yes, on the thing? Yes, I do. I don't want to be taken away ever Mickey, from anything. If you get taken away, you can just be like... But finally I gave in. And in we went. Now as in most haunted houses, they had a few themed rooms, like the hospital room. Nurse, we'll need your help on this one. Mickey's going to need some anesthetic. Oh my gosh. Doctor, I found you the perfect new set of legs. And the pop culture room. In this case, featuring Stranger Things and Stephen King's It. Now, Castle of Chaos had both the 2017 version of Pennywise and the old Tim Curry one from the TV show, which I was pretty impressed with and maybe a little scared by. It's the old, it's the Tim Curry Pennywise. Night. Do the dance. Do the Pennywise dance. Pennywise dance. Your breast This clown doesn't dance. You obviously haven't seen the movie. She has. And knows exactly the role I play. <laughs> you have to watch the old one. Uh, it's a TV gone. show. Rip the flesh off your bone piece by piece and I'll feed on your flesh as I feed on your fears. Oh, the new Pennywise oh, is here. Yes. Oh, good. I can <laughs> smell it on your sweet, sweet, oh, Pennywise delicious fear. got me. They have classic haunts, too, from your favorite movies. And I'm afraid to touch the walls. Whoa. And that's why Freddy Krueger. Whoa, Freddy. Jason was here. Oh, why am I alone? I don't like... Wait. Is <laughs> I can't believe they... I'm by myself. Oh, uh, with Jason. Just with Jason. me, my dad, and Jason. Yeah. Just three of us. Who would have thought? Crystal Lake, Lake Trailhead. That's Jason. Is that the Halloween oh, thing? No, it's... Jason is not Halloween. It's, uh... Jason no, he's that's Michael Myers. I don't know where to go from here. Oh, ah, my-
Michael Myers. <laughs> Dad, this is Michael Myers. Okay. From Halloween. I have to say, this country cannibal room was my favorite because it's the most original. We're in the country. Can I have this one, Yep. You don't better to say things like that before we say grace. Come on in, my friends. Come on in now. Here we are. Y'all have to forgive my children. You see, their dear departed and uh, delicious grandmother never taught them any manners. But that's all right. We gonna make it up to you. You know what we gonna do? What? We're gonna have you all for supper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Somehow yeah. I knew that right would happen. Now, like now, we may be haunted house veterans, but they did pull a few fast ones on us. Like when we all had to crawl on our hands and knees through this tunnel. So, you want us to kneel, right? Oh, yes. Oh, then you. Thank you for volunteering. Come forward. Oh. In you go. Oh, you have to no, go I don't in want to go in the tube. No, no. You can go in whole or you can go in in pieces. I, I, I'm doing it. I'm not. It's, we're crawling now. We're crawling. If you're claustrophobic, do not come in. And I'm afraid there's going to be someone coming in. Okay, I'm waiting for you. Are you going to. Did dad even fit? I don't think Dad, I don't think he can it. either. Are they going to make him go through this? We are closer oh. as a family than we've oh. ever been. <laughs> My dad made it out just fine, turns out. I have to say, we had a pretty good time at Castle of Chaos, even when it sounded like this. Oh. So, think what you will, but haunted houses are just about having a good time. Being scared can actually be pretty fun, especially when you're with people you care about. I'm Mickey Randall for BYU Radio. Thanks for listening. That sounds a little scary to me. It was pretty scary. I was surprised. So clearly this is not something that's going to be for everyone. So (laughs) you've got another option for us that is more family-friendly than the Castle of Chaos. Totally. This one is great if you have young kids. Okay. Halloween is probably my favorite time of year, but that's not the case for everyone, and that is okay. Um, I think that some people don't like Halloween because it can just be a little too scary. But I'm here to tell you that Halloween doesn't have to be scary. It actually has a deeper meaning. There's a lot more to Halloween than just being scared. So to further investigate and maybe even prove this idea to you, I went to Pumpkin Nights in Salt Lake City, Utah. You're also going to hear my friend Rachel, who I brought with me on this Halloween journey. Now, I was expecting a lot of pumpkin carvings, and they definitely did have that, but Pumpkin Nights is really about a quest to discover the true meaning of Halloween. The quest. Ooh, it's dark in here. There's an intro video. Okay, here's what we have to do. In each land, find the pumpkin with the symbol. Take a photo of the symbol. At the end of the course, find the wizard area. Decode the symbol into a word. I bet that will be the hardest part. Yeah, it probably will be. Present the word to the wizard. Receive the prize. All right. Once we had our instructions, we traveled to the first pumpkin land, the land of adventure. We're looking at 
There's a pond and there are some pumpkin turtles and then there's a pumpkin dragon. We were on the lookout for the first clue. And it was pretty difficult at first because we didn't know what we were looking for. Forbidden Pumpkin City. You think that's the symbol? Maybe. The dragon? Should you take a picture of it just in case? Oh, just kidding. I think that's the pumpkins. That probably is. Yeah. Luckily, we found it. We also thought about the spirit of adventure. On Halloween, you get to be whoever you want to be. And if that's not an adventure, I don't know what is. Okay, we got the first one. How many are there? Seven? Yes. Six six more to go. Next up, the land of light. We learned that light is an important part of Halloween, which you might have noticed because you see a lot of lights around that time of year. But it also means finding the light inside yourself. What makes you special? Halloween might just be the best time to find out. Ooh, yep, take a photo of that. Just a helpful hint if you're ever on a quest to preserve the spirit of Halloween. Uh, all the hidden pumpkins are like geodes inside. On to the next land, the land of exploration. We found the clue a little easier this time. I guess you could say because we were getting pretty good at, well, exploring. We also learned that on Halloween, you can explore parts of yourself that you didn't even know about. But they're friendly, they're nice. And here we have. Now it was time to get to the land of play. Even though we were too old to play any of the games at Pumpkin Nights, we still remember that Halloween is a great time to play because playing helps you kick back, relax, and just enjoy life. Oh, this is cute. They have the most intense seesaws I've ever seen and a mini bike track, which actually looks pretty fun. Then. We found the land of curiosity. We found the clue again and thought about things that make us curious. Curiosity always helps me learn new things, and Halloween is the perfect time to be curious because there's so much to do. I think we found our next treasure. I think we did. Good eye. I would have missed that one. We arrived at the land of family next. We remembered that Halloween, like any holiday really, is a time to spend with the people that you love the most. This is why they're showing Coco. Yeah, this is Day of the Dead. And they have a... I just watched the movie. An ofrenda? Ofrenda, that's what it is. They have an ofrenda. After that, it was time for the land of passion. We found the clue, and we learned how Halloween and passion work together. We're all passionate about something. That's what makes you, you. Why not use Halloween time to explore what you're passionate about? We had all the clues, so it was time to go visit the wizard and get our prize. Okay, this is the secret code. Um, I won't tell you the secret word, just in case you want to visit Pumpkin Nights for yourself. Thank you so much. They're pins, like you could pin it onto yourself. And they're a pumpkin skull and crossbones. All in all, we love Pumpkin Nights because we remember that Halloween doesn't have to be scary. It can be about having fun with people you love and celebrating who you are. Go to PumpkinNights.com for tickets and more info. I'm Mickey Randall, and I believe in the spirit of Halloween. Thanks for listening. 
For a moment there, I thought you were going to say, I'm Mickey Randall, and I approve this message. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> okay. So we've got the Castle of Chaos, and we've got Pumpkin Nights. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're giving us some ideas for things that we can do together as families this Halloween. Absolutely. Now, what about people that don't like being scared or maybe going to a pumpkin patch is a little too tame for them? What's a different form of entertainment that we can find? Hmm, you might want to go see a scary play, some suspense theater. Ooh, color me intrigued. There's something interesting about being scared, right? I mean, why do most of us love it so much? Think about it. The haunted house industry gets pretty big in October, scary movies are released year-round, and scary stories are a campfire staple. But why? Why do we like that feeling of being at least a little on edge, if not scared out of our seats? It's kind of like a mystery. And I think I just might be the one to solve the case. To further investigate, I decided to visit the master of suspense herself, Agatha Christie. Okay, you've got me there. Agatha Christie died in 1976, but her plays are still performed very regularly. The theater students at BYU just so happened to be performing one of her most famous plays, The Mousetrap. It's based on a short story, but Agatha Christie requested that the short story not be published as long as the play remained running. So, The Mousetrap in short story form is still not available in the UK. But luckily, I don't live in the UK, and I had the privilege of attending a rehearsal. But don't worry, out of respect to Miss Christie, I'm not going to be giving anything away. Hopefully we'll be able to solve the mystery without any spoilers. So, I arrive at rehearsal. It's 7pm at night, and there's only a few people around. So I decide to ask around for clues. Here's Spencer Hunsaker, who plays Giles. Um, well, one thing that's really interesting about it, so Agatha Christie... It's a pretty prolific writer and a pretty talented writer, and uh, so the text does most of the work. Um, I think very rarely will people come see, you know, The Mousetrap or a play in this genre and think like, oh, wow, those performances were so spectacular. Like, I was really involved in the character work, right? But they want to know the story. They want to know the mystery. They want to know who done it. And uh, that's kind of a a fun thing to do, to just let let the words kind of take over and just live in the space. By the time I finished the first part of my investigation, the cast and crew had arrived. We got to go look at their set, which is still a work in progress, but they were very excited. There's an honest-to-goodness chandelier. That fire's huge! I have a hunch it's going to be a very large and proper English living room. Mm, Pretty typical Agatha Christie, if I'm not wrong. I'll make sure I write this down in my clue notebook. Then, they all had to set up props. While they were doing that, I figured I'd better ask some more questions. After all, I had a mystery to solve. Here's Kenzie Jefferson, who plays Mrs. Casewell. No, I think it's kind of like a camaraderie type thing, honestly. Like, when I go to a horror film, like, I know that I'm going to have a good time because everyone's going to be just as scared as me, I guess, even though I hate being scared. Now a bunch of kids are grabbing empty liquor bottles and old-fashioned suitcases and hats and place them in their proper positions, and they're off. 
already occurred, but of no personal significance to the characters. Yet. Molly and Giles own the house and are expecting people. It's also snowing pretty badly, which means no one can leave. It would be a real shame if any of them were murderers. It seems like everyone might be a suspect in this case. So, at the end of the first act, I still have no idea who did it. I guess I'll just have to go and see the play. However, I did solve my own mystery. I think Chelsea Mortensen, who plays Mrs. Boyle, sums it up pretty nicely. So why do you think people like murder mysteries? Why do they like being a little bit scared or feeling a little bit suspicious? I think they, um, they like the challenge of guessing who it is before it's actually revealed to them, and then when they get it right, they feel, you know, really validated and smart. Um... I think it's just human nature to like see a problem and a mystery and want to solve it. And when there's high stakes and fun characters, it's really, really fun to just let go. At the end of the day, I think we can all agree that being just a little bit scared is fun, as long as we know we're along for the ride. Speaking of rides, if you're in Utah and you would like to catch BYU's presentation of The Mousetrap, it runs from October 26th to 27th, the 31st, and November 1st through 3rd and 6th through 10th usually starting at 7.30 p.m. I highly recommend it. Here's my other Love Thy Neighbor pick for the day, and it's part Rear Window and part The Goonies. Wait, am I reading the same review from earlier? Nope. Okay, moving forward. The 1989 black comedy The Burbs tickles our funny bones while also playing on our fears of the unknown, the odd, or the different. Tom Hanks plays Ray Peterson, a staycationer whose plans to enjoy a lazy week at home are thwarted by the strange goings-on of his nocturnal new neighbors, the Klopex. Klopex? What is that, Slavic? Now, we've all had Klopex as neighbors, people you rarely see, if at all, and who, despite our best efforts to welcome them to the neighborhood with a plate of brownies, would rather be left alone. And the Klopex and the Burbs are no exception. Ray comes up with a winning idea. Maybe we should go down and take a look in the basement. Maybe that was brother down there tapping on the ceiling a couple minutes ago. Who knows? So what kind of doctor is this brother here, Drew? Why don't you ask him yourself? Ray's casual snooping quickly leads to an unhealthy obsession as another neighbor convinces him the Klopex are members of a murderous cult. You know what this is? It's a bone. It just happens to be a human thigh bone. Ray, there's no doubt anymore. Your neighbors are murdering people. This film features Tom Hanks at his Tom Hanksiest. And the laughs are thanks to colorful, paranoid characters who refuse to see anything but what they want to see. You're the one who started this whole thing to begin whoa, with. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who started it, Tuna Neck? I Tuna Neck? You instigated You know who instigated this? You're a little boy watching people dig in the you backyard. Mean? Even as each and every one of their seemingly ridiculous theories are refuted. 
This film speaks volumes about our fears and hopes of what goes on behind closed doors. And for some twisted reason, the two often coincide. So instead of leaving sinister notes, accusing and digging up your neighbor's basement in search of human bones, which are all things the protagonists of this film do, remember, we are commanded to love thy neighbor. I'll be back next week with two more of my scary movie favorites. Until then, go meet your neighbors and pray they're not psychos. Unfortunately, The Burbs is one of those films that didn't make the cut on this Halloween bracket that we are so excited about. And Cole, one more time, how can people find this bracket and enter to win the free Audible code? Head on Twitter, follow BYU Screen Clean, and then click on the link right there. You got to take a screenshot of your completed bracket and then either reply to that tweet or send an email to the email that is in our tweet. What other show on BYU Radio is going to give you the opportunity to win a free Audible code? Ours. That's right. Thank you, Cole. A little plug within the show to listen to screen cleaning. Cole, would you consider yourself a cinephile? I guess so. A cinephile, somebody that you loves, know, loves the movies, right? Okay. So I got this from an article... 16 Things Never to Say to a Cinephile by Anna Clausen on Bustle. And I'm just going to share a few with them or a few of them with you. And Am I going to start shaking? Is it going to get under my skin? The book is always better. Oh. Yeah. You can't say that, right? That's an annoying answer. How about this? Let's see it in 3D. Oh. <laughs> okay. Here's another one. It doesn't matter if we miss the previews. That's the worst. You got to get there to watch the previews. Absolutely. The new preview for uh, Happy Death Day to You will (gasps) be airing like today. Really? In front of Halloween, which. Oh, but we can't watch it online. It's probably tomorrow or next week. It'll be out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It'll be coming. Here we go. Award shows don't matter. That one's pro. I can kind of agree with that one these days, but uh, I this still one, watch them. This one you'll love, Cole. All right. Transformers wasn't a terrible <laughs> movie. That did one, you add to that? Jeff? No, I swear this was on the list. <laughs> oh Transformers wasn't a terrible movie. <laughs> I defend that. I think this is why That's I wanted fine. to share this list in the first place. <laughs> Well, Cole, each and every show, as you know, we like – I don't know why I'm talking to you directly, maybe because you're right in front of me. But listener, as you know, every week on the show, we like to end things with our panning for good segment. There's good in them dire hills. Good is a segment that we do where we search a little harder to find that little golden nugget of goodness, and this week is a great one. We mentioned earlier on in the program that a film that's going to appear on this scary movie bracket is Wait Until Dark, and we also had our very own Mickey Randall giving us some ideas of things we can do together as a family. There was the Castle of Chaos, or you could go to a haunted house. You could go to some sort of a pumpkin patch or family-themed event, and that was Pumpkin Nights. Then she talked about suspense theater. In this case, it was the mousetrap. But I had the opportunity to go see Wait Until Dark. The theatrical production. On the stage. Now, I do want to mention that I've actually appeared in this play. 
So you knew how it ended. Right. I got a call back as Harry wrote Junior and Senior and the other characters that he plays. Hmm. I didn't ultimately get the part, but they liked my performance so much that they hired me to play one of the policemen that comes in at the very end of the show. Uh-huh. Sounds like they were blown away by your acting prowess. If you're not familiar with Wait Until Dark, it's, you know, the same – the standard theme that we see in every movie these days where you have a blind woman who has these three strangers in her home that are trying to get this doll. It's actually not a standard theme in a movie. But right. she's a blind woman and the movie is played by Audrey Hepburn and she is recently blind. So she had some sort of an accident that caused her to be blind. At the beginning of the show, her husband agrees to take this doll from a stranger that contains something not really good in it. And that's why at the airport nowadays they say don't take any suspicious packages from strangers. So these three – because of this movie specifically. Right. These three men appear at this place where they think this doll is and the entire play, they are trying to figure out a way to – Find out where this doll is. They think it's in her apartment, but they're all pretending to be somebody that they're not. One is pretending to be a police officer. Another one is pretending to be an old army buddy of her husband. And the third guy is just creepy. He's the one that you really want to keep your eyes on in Mm -hmm. the film. He's played by Alan Arkin in a very different uh, role for him. Usually he's used to playing the, uh, the funny guy and... He's quite creepy in the movie. But if you have the opportunity, go see the play or any suspense theater play that you can find. It's such a unique opportunity to be in a quiet theater where people are afraid to make a noise. And it's so refreshing when you finally hear that scream. Speaking of screams, hopefully more screams to come on next week's show when we reveal the winners of our scary movie bracket here on Screen Cleaning. Scream Cleaning. Thank you, Cole. I'm in. I'm in.